I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And today, today, today is the day. We are wrapping up our Scream rewatch with the new... Wait. Ah, 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 ah. Is that five? I don't know if I kind of yeah. just went really fast. Uh, the ran- <laughs> this is random male noise here. Uh, I just want to say that this is a podcast, and you couldn't see Nikisha counting to five on her fingers while she screamed. <laughs> well, we, we put it in there, so Jamie made it a thing. We have to do each of the screams for which one we're talking about today. So obviously sure we're did. talking about Scream 5, which is not even named Scream 5, and I'm sure we'll get into that because it's what? A requel. We'll get into that as well. <laughs> <laughs> This is the moment when the supposedly dead killer comes back to life for one last scare. Hello? Would you like to play a game, Tara? Sisters, disarm. Just one question. Do you think I'm inside your house? (laughs) But before we get into all of that fabulousness that is the Scream 5 chain, we have a special guest returning with us for the second time after his glorious Halloween debut. We have the fabulous artist, Maddie Woods. I am so excited to be participating in this conversation. So as the producer, as the producer, I just want to point out some cool facts. Uh, Matt was our first guest on talking horror with Jamie and Nikisha. Um, He's also our second guest. Uh, on Talking Horror with Jamie Nikisha. He's also our first returning guest on Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha. <laughs> but you need a plaque. Well, so we need titles. to like print this out. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fantabulous. Well, yes, we're going to get into it because there is so much to discuss, especially with our special guest and his own personal relationship with Scream. But before we get into that, a little bit of logistics. Obviously, this movie came out a couple days ago, 2022, directed by Matt Bette- wow. Bettinelli Open. I can't even read my own uh, writing. And Tyler Gil- <laughs> uh, Gillett. And it was written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. And you might have known these people from movies such as uh, Ready or Not and VHS. If you've seen those, they were a part of that. It stars Melissa Barrera, who was in In the Heights, if you've seen that, if you're also a musical nerd like some of us in this uh, podcast are. Um, Mikey Madison, who was, uh, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, Dylan Minnette, 13 Reasons Why. I mean, like, literally a star-studded cast of people. Jenny Ortega, Jack Quaid who's in one of my personal favorites, The Boys, that's on Amazon Prime. 
And uh, mm-hmm. reprising their roles, we have Marley Sheldon, Courtney Cox, Nev Campbell, and David Arquette. Ugh. Oh, well, well. Sad drum roll. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Except it should be screams instead of drum rolls. <laughs> anyway, so obviously, heavy spoilers, we are going to be talking about everything that is a part of Scream 5, <clears throat> as well as probably saying some things about Scream 1 through 4. So if you have not watched any of those or you don't mind having things spoiled for you, you can listen. Otherwise, please pause and watch all of these movies over again and then listen to our one through four podcasts before you get to five. Any trigger warnings, Jamie, before we get into it? I think most of the same thread, lots of insides on the outside. Um, another pretty, pretty gruesome installment in the chain. So mm-hmm. if that type of gore isn't for you, then, you know, so say goodbye to Ghostface. Not in like a you're gonna die way, but just like a, I want to steer clear. I want to steer clear of of, of Ghostface. Just wanted to clarify. Well, all the above. Just stay far away from this. <laughs> well, speaking of all things horror and not wanting to die, I heard Maddie that you watched a movie recently that is noteworthy of speaking about on this. So before we get into everything about Scream Five, can you just uh, talk to us about what you watched? You guys. Have you ever seen Malignant? I just watched it. (laughs) I have this, like, this tendency to, like, when the bandwagon rolls into town, I'm like, what bandwagon? And then, like, several months later, get around to it. I'm like, guys, but have you heard of Inception? It's this incredible movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I I just watched Malignant, and honestly, I loved it it is like it's so over the top it's so much it's like a little bit too much like the acting is Mm -hmm. not good the like cgi at times is pretty (laughs) obvious the like the the quote-unquote twist is that she is the killer is like straight ahead from scene one like it but that did not oh, okay, stop nice. me from like jumping on that roller coaster and enjoying the ride, even though it was like it was totally I could see the whole track the whole way. Yeah, and we definitely talked about this when we did our podcast. If you want to listen to that as well, we covered malignant. I can listen talked, to it now. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, now that you yeah. know what's going on. But we talked about expectations in that and just knowing what uh is gonna knowing what you're getting to getting into when you watch the movie. And I think when you go into it not taking it seriously it can be uh more fun in the sense as opposed to what it was marketed as, which was something that was gonna be like next level hereditary-esque horror and it's really not it's just like a a campy cheesy whatever whatever so uh yeah once you can let go of that expectation and like you said maddie you can just kind of enjoy the ride and and go forth with the craziness of the cgi but i definitely was not thinking that she was uh the actual killer so that was uh (laughs) i was not as smart maddie as you in figuring out that that's what the deal was (laughs) I was watching it with my husband, who uh, is much more observant about these things than I am, and he pointed it out to me. So that's how I knew. Oh, fantastic. 
listen, we all need that one person to just help us out a little bit. Give us a little push. That's okay. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, going back into our fantabulous rewatch of Scream, we are going to have a quick ranking of Scream 1 through 4 for each of us. And as we go through it, guys, let's just like talk about our relationship with Scream, especially with you, Maddie. Um, apparently, there's some uh, tradition aspects in this, so I'm going to let you go first. If you can rank just 1 through 4 on your list and just tell us your relationship about a Scream or with Scream. So when I, when I met my husband uh, many, many years ago, and we went on our first date at dinner, we talked about our love for the Scream franchise at the time was just one, two, three. Um, and so our second date, I went to his house and he cooked dinner and we did a Scream marathon. And after that, each year to celebrate our like first date, uh, we would go back to the same restaurant, and then a week later, we would do a Scream Marathon. And that has slowly grown, so now it's going to be five movies, and it's going to be the all-day thing eventually. Um, so, yeah, I watch all the Scream movies every year, even the one that I don't like, which I think we're going to have words over. Oh, no. Interesting. That is the, the sweetest thing like bonding over horror movies, like I want that life, Maddie. Let's let's manifest that for for all mm-hmm. people. Just <laughs> horror and romance just goes so well together. It so does. yeah, why don't you go ahead and give us our uh, your rankings for one through four? So I actually, it's very easy. I like them in the order in which they appear: one, two, three, and four. Wow! Um, scream one. Scream one. I saw when I was probably 13 years old, like 12 or 13. I was in middle school in the nineties. Uh, it was shortly after it came out and, uh, I wanted to be so cool. So I went to my friend's house cause there was this movie that was so cool and it scared the shit out of me. I was not 12 year old. Matt was not prepared for like Drew Barrymore's insides on the outside. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Upon like reflection, deeply fell in love with it, and it became a pretty regular mainstay in my. It really kicked off my love for the horror genre, so it will always have a special place in my heart, at least for that reason. Not to mention that I think it's just a wonderful movie in general, like very well done. Um, Scream Two, I love. Secondly. Because it gives me a sense of nostalgia for a college experience that I didn't have. When I was in high school in like the late 90s and early 2000s, watching a lot of those like 90s teen movies were often set in like high school and college that is not reality. And so I was always like watching these things being like, wow, I can't wait to go to college. It's going to be so cool. Like this gorgeous campus and all, all those like high aspirations. I did go to a school with a pretty campus, but it wasn't like it was in the movies. And so like a lot of the like, like Dave Matthews music also makes me think the same thing. It's like a college experience I just didn't have and I'm not (laughs) sure it really exists. Um, Scream 3, I love for the same reason that you guys gave it the only positive mark that you did, Parker fucking Posey. She's so funny. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like yes. the plot yeah. is a mess. Like 
there are scenes that almost don't make sense in it. It is like, it is, they lean so far into the comedy that it, they start to go on that, like that franchise direction where things get really absurd. Like, Killers start mm-hmm. coming back from the dead, and there's time travel, mm-hmm. and someone discovers they have telekinesis, and all that stuff. And that's kind of where I was hoping that the franchise was going to go. And then oh. several years later, we got Scream 4, and it really disappointed me that it took a much more... Uh, it went back the other direction toward a more realistic kind of setting, and that I think is a lot of why I don't like fours because it, I was so excited for something over the top and it wasn't as over the top as I hoped it would be. And so I was let down. Mm, Sure. Yeah. I mean, expectations are everything. If you're Mm -hmm. waiting for something to be a certain way, especially if the ones before are leaning or leaning towards a certain thing, then that absolutely does make sense when it kind of like, you know, underscores what you thought it was going to be. But that's still a hot take, especially for this podcast, because we all know how we felt about I know, I know. About four, but <laughs> absolutely no, that's fantastic, Maddie. That's that's amazing though. Uh yeah. So Jamie, do you want to go and tell us your all your relationships and your rankings with Scream? Yeah. Um, relationship. Um, I think I had mentioned this before, but, uh, scream, I had seen scream two first, um, because a childhood friend brought over the VHS to my house when I was in fourth grade and it traumatized me. And then I just didn't want to have anything to do with this. I was also like terrified of horror movies. So like, yes, all, all of this, all bets were off. Um, so it's, it's taken me a while to, I mean, I've seen the original Scream now many times, uh, but, you know, I had to warm up to the other ones. And it was weird that, like, in my, in the rankings that I have, I'm almost wondering if there's, like, some tapped into anxiety from childhood that like really freaked me out in rewatching Scream 2 because I don't remember it. I didn't remember it, but like it made me really uncomfortable. And I was like, it shouldn't be this, like I shouldn't be having this visceral reaction. So I'm like, maybe childhood trauma just, you know, somehow yeah. got triggered and and that's where I am. Um, wow. So without further ado, my <laughs> rankings are... Um, Scream, the OG, takes spot number one. Um, and then we're going to get wild. I'm putting Scream 4 as my number two. Nice. I, I, you know, I liked how they, like, brought it into the contemporary. Um, I do think that they were maybe a bit ahead of their time. Like, I think it's even more relevant watching Scream 4 now in terms of, like, this, the, the, desire to be famous and like the role that that kind of plays, um, as like a major theme. Um, so they were just thinking so far ahead. Um, and then third place is scream two. Uh, again, I think I just was like, there was something that freaked me out a bit much unnecessarily. And so I think I like pushed it down in my rankings. Um, and last I have scream three as much as I wanted Parker Posey to just take this one to the top it, there was just a lot going on and it was, it was just like too 
joking around for me. I can't get over Doofy shooting every mirror of the closet. <laughs> and and it was just such a, a, oh, why? What are you doing? Fantastic. Also, uh, Maddie, if you hadn't already noticed, Dewey will now and forever be known as Doofy. So every oh, time yeah, yeah, you yeah. It's just, it's just going to be doofy. And it's, I will it's absolutely be fall in suit. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you very much. Yes. Well, speaking of doofy, that leads to my relationship with Scream because I, for the longest time, got Scary Movie and Scream mixed up <laughs> in just, you know, the, the earlier years of my life watching all of these movies. And I want to say that I watched I'm, – I'm like – 90% sure that I watched Scary Movie, all of those first. And so when I went back to actually watch Scream, I thought that like Dewey, Doofy was the one that was the killer in all of it because that's what it was in Scary Movie. So I was like, okay, well, um, it's going to be Doofy. He's going to be the one that's the mastermind of it all. He's faking all of us out. He's not dumb. He, he knows his stuff. Uh, so it was nice watching the OG screams and being like, oh, this is actually pretty fantastic. Loving all of this, loving the gore, loving the twist at the end. And so with that, my ranking is exactly the same as Jamie. I would say OG scream and then four, because it just, I love that it went right back to that. And in watching other movies, especially like I had a recent rewatch of Nightmare on Elm Street and how that kind of turns all the way to the left. And it's just like the craziest things happening and people coming back from the dead and, you know, all of these other things. Like I appreciated that Scream did not do that in that it wanted to kind of go back to the basics, especially hiring the same writer from the OG because uh, I believe three was not the OG writer. And uh, yeah, and then two, and then Parker Posey's Scream 3, which is what I will call it from now on, because that's the only way I can remember what happened, is if I remember <laughs> that Parker Posey was in it. So yeah, Brian? Yeah, um, I, I I saw the first one. I've seen the first one a million times. I saw the second one once. I only remember who the killers were. Um, and I only watched three and four during the rewatch we did for Talking Horror. So I'm just like a, a baby to those. Um, uh, my ranking is the same as yours. It's one, four, two, three. Um, I think that obviously there's the first one is just great. It is what it is. Like there's no um, there's no like that's just that's just it. Uh, mm -hmm. I agree with all of your sentiment on the other ones. Three, I, even more than leaning into the horror, I think the disconjointed nature of the movie and the ending not being satisfying um, really uh, uh, hinders that movie. As much as I love the weird Carrie Fisher scene and all of those like <laughs> wacky, wacky scenes that like are insane and doofy being the doofiest and then like his limp going away or no his limp goes i forget which one his limp goes away and and then comes back i don't know oh no 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 he has a limp in two his limp switches in three he doesn't yeah. have a limp in four and then yes. we'll talk about five um but uh uh yeah so that's mine but i would say like big gap between one and four Four and two are close together. Bigger gap mm. between two and three in terms of like how much I enjoy them. But I will say for a chain, 
I think this one is pretty tight overall. Um, like those yeah. four movies in terms of like giving you a little bit of everything. It's there's all four of them are highly engaging. Um, they're really and just the formula of each time you're like guessing who it is is such a delightful like engaging activity when watching the movie. So um, I would I would honestly say that this is one of my you know. I'll save that commentary until the the end of the podcast, but I'm sure we'll we'll do some more rankings. I think this is the only franchise or chain um, that has <laughs> the same cast as the through line. Like in all the other major ones mm. that I can think of, like even in the uh, Child's Play, like the Chucky series, like the kid comes in mm. and out. And some of them come in and out, like Jamie Lee Curtis is in and out of Halloween. But I, I think this is the only one that, like, Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott and uh, Doofy and Gail are, like, the, <laughs> the tie that binds. Like, it's kind of incredible for a chain. No, it really is. And just, like, watching interviews of them talking about coming back and uh, Courtney Cox kind of being like, I don't even know if I should do this and Kevin Williamson who was the OG writer uh her and Courtney um him and Courtney Cox had a conversation about it and Courtney was like should I even do this and he was like I mean well you know at first I would say no but actually yeah like do it for Wes and I think it was just really nice mm -hmm. that they continued uh like you said Maddie to kind of just be a, be a part of the story now minus one character RIP to our our amazing um doofy but we'll get into that in the plot summary you already said spoilers and so i'm i'm leaving what all i said <laughs> all, bets are, all bets are off uh for the plot summary are we are we giving it to our special guest brian what do you think what are we gonna if he make wants this happen? it it's his <laughs> i i will gladly do it what's the plot <laughs> Um, I actually took notes on the entire chain just in case you were going to throw me for a loop and have me do the whole thing. But I got, wow. I got five. I'm right here. Look at him. Amazing. Just the perfect like guest. Always ready and prepared. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Like a good student. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I think Brian is going to uh, time you, Maddie, and uh, we'll give you two minutes and just the plot summary for five, please. All right. Ready? Go. Ring, ring. Hello, who calls the landline? Tara is harassed at her house. Uh, she's locking and unlocking the doors with the mechanical thing while there's obviously a killer stalking both her friend and her. Um, I don't know how she doesn't think that she's going to get tied into this, but she's somehow worried for her friend first. Um so she gets not killed, which is, I think, the first in an opening where she's not killed. Um, she goes to the hospital. Her sister gets a phone call from a friend back home saying, your sister's hurt. Sam, Sam and her boyfriend, Richie, go to Woodsboro to check in on Tara. Um, while they're at the hospital, uh, who's it? Ju uh, Deputy Judy questions all the friends. Um, and... Sam is left alone in a room and, oh shit, uh, she gets attacked. <laughs> she sees a reflection of her father, Billy Loomis, surprise, twist, ske Skeeter's back. Um, 
She confesses to her boyfriend the, her terrible past. She confesses to her sister. Uh, we go to uh, Deputy Judy's kid, gets attacked in the shower. Deputy Judy gets stabbed in her front yard. Bold move. Uh, we Sydney comes back. Gail comes back. Doofy comes back. The gang is back together. We're going to stop this guy. Uh, it all culminates in the original Stu's house. Uh, we're having a party to celebrate the death of our friend. And one at a time, they get picked off here and there. Killers are revealed. It was Amber, the friend who she was worried about in the first place. It is the boyfriend twist. The boyfriend again. And, uh, I left out Dewey dies. Dewey gets stabbed somewhere in the middle there. He goes back to stop the killer and he gets stabbed. That's your time. Careful lives again. <laughs> wow, I botched that. <laughs> no, yeah, no. it was fantastic. Strong start. <laughs> ring, <Yeah>. ring. <laughs> That's how it always goes, right? Strong start, and then it falls apart. That's the plot. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- that's like literally the first thing that I thought of was who still has a landline? I mean, like I know my parents do, but someone in uh, you would think it would be our millennial generation of having a house and kids at this point who could be of that high school age. And I would not put a landline in my house, but I digress. So this is obviously all of our first time watching this can you just give me initial thoughts, maybe limit it to five-ish things that stood out for you, whether it be good or bad uh, in this movie? And Jamie, do you want to start? Um, initial thoughts. I was really surprised at the starting non-murder. Um, I, But I thought that was like an interesting take on it. Um I was really excited when Billy Loomis came back, but then immediately very, 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 very angry at what they were implying. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm still we really angry. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it. We question. But man, don't, do not like, not a fan of that trope. Um, but still was like happy that he was there. Um, and, I, I like bounced around in my head who I thought the killer was, but I should have just stuck with my gut. I was, uh, that was a real doofy move of me. Um, <laughs> I, I am, I am, I'm, this is mean maybe, but I'm glad that doofy died, <laughs> but I also totally get it because yeah, maybe that's too hot of a take. Um, Because, like, there was nothing, there was literally nothing that would ever bring Sydney back. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Unless Doofy died. That was, like, the only thing. But even then, in the car ride back after seeing the movie, I was just like, you know what, Brian? I'm still mad about this. If she wasn't going to come back, she just never would have come back. Like, she could have sent her regards from afar. Like, that's... Exactly. uh, I don't know. I have... I have mixed feelings on that, but I, I do at least appreciate like that they gave a reason for it. Cause I think it, I'm sure fans who have been following from the beginning 
are probably like they probably knew at some point that like one of the big three was was gonna go and and to be totally honest like it was never gonna be Sydney I, I have a really hard time believing that if the franchise continue like it's gonna take a lot and I think it's gonna take a huge turn if if Sydney is no longer a part of it but like that was the thing that made the most sense to like move the story forward and and like connect the new characters to the old characters and like this parallel uh journey um and I did I I did kind of like that it's still like there's still these like ripple effects of of what's connected to the original story that it's not it's not just like you know oh uh somebody is trying to stir it all up again, but it's like, oh, everyone weirdly is like the cousin, niece, nephew, goddaughter, (laughs) some weird, but like, you know, like legacies continue, generations continue. Like, you know, it's not just ending from in the nineties. It's, it's like things are still happening. So like, I thought that it was interesting the take that they like the take that they took to to keep the the legacy continuing even though Stu didn't show up and that was the most disappointing part of this whole movie to me i feel that too i really thought i thought he was gonna be there and be a killer and he didn't show up at all and i'm so bummed (laughs) uh yeah maddie go ahead continue with your thought if you want to piggyback off of jamie um, I actually heard a rumor that Stu was supposed to be in this and they decided not to go with it because they, it would mm. lessen the impact of Doofy's death. That if Stu was the surprise big bad at the end, that everyone would forget that Doofy was killed and they wanted to keep that a uh, central focus of this plot line. So I don't think that we're not going to get a stew someday, um, especially since this one is doing financially so well. Um, Mm -hmm. I really liked all of the fan service. I am that fan. I am that like psycho fan (laughs) that they're making fun of. I was like four did not have red right hand in it. And that bothered me. This one was playing in the car when the first guy dies. Vince. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I so all of those like little Easter eggs that they like peppered in around like made me like clap in the theater. <laughs> I was so so pleased. Um, yeah. I think Jamie, something Jamie that bothered every every time that like Gail showed up, <laughs> Jamie was like st- like just with like like golf clap like between yeah. us yes, very, <laughs> just very silent yeah uh it's not a, it's not a very exciting uh theater crowd here not like not like it was in new york but like i still i still have that energy <laughs> what i think i didn't like most about this is probably what i didn't like most about four which is that I have trouble believing that a skinny 17-year-old girl overpowered a 50-year-old ex-cop with a loaded gun. Like, I had trouble believing Jill Roberts was a killer. I have trouble believing Amber is a killer. Not that she wouldn't kill somebody, but that she could physically do it to these people that she says she killed. So... uh, 
a little bit flimsy there, but overall, I loved it. Nice. I mean, that's that's totally understandable. Like you're having all of these big tussles and fights, and it's just like, really, <clears throat> this little girl is really doing this. It's like you can't even. At least in in some of the other movies, it was like whoever killed who was kind of like, oh, okay, well, you can see like the guy going up against you know whatever. But it's just like this tiny little petite girl. It's just but. Even with that, I will say I was I still bought into all of it. Like oh, I yeah. hmm. I love the pain. I love everything about it. You know, suspend my disbelief every day, all day. I will be right there in the front row, like clapping for all of this. And I think it's just because uh, it still stayed in the direction of four, which is why I liked it. It's not taking itself too seriously. And I love when they talk about elevated horror movies as opposed to what Scream is, which is just a whodunit slasher movie, meta movie. And all of the meta moments, which were like too many to even count. I loved every single moment of it, just most notably when uh, Randy's niece was watching the original Stab movie and like <laughs> telling him to turn around and the killer was behind her and her having that realization of like, oh, I'm in this moment right now and I need to like, you know, haul ass. <laughs> uh, another gem that I enjoyed was uh, Tara in the hospital was watching Dawson's Creek and Kevin Williamson <laughs> is the writer of Dawson's Creek who wrote <laughs> the OG screams. <laughs> and I thought that was just a fantastic to put in there that she was watching that of all shows. I also love the melding of all of the generations <clears throat> uh, with the trivia being movies that are technically from the 90s. But she's like, ask me about Babadook. Ask me about Hereditary. Ask me about, you know, all of these things that are now um, but then I love the fact that, duh, we have cell phones with internet and technology is amazing. So you can just look up the answer on your phone. I was like, absolutely. Yes. I will buy into, into all of that. And, uh, I, there was like some tension building stuff that I really enjoyed. That was not really a big part of the, the screen franchise. And I think that's a nice addition that the directors and the writers had with, uh, Judy's son in the house. And him like closing all of the doors and stuff and you're expecting, you know, the killer to be behind those doors and he's not. And uh, he just, you know, comes out of nowhere. And I just I, I love when there's tension building like that because you have like the music swelling and, you know, things are going to happen. You expect them to happen and they don't and they don't for so long. It was like that gag happening like three or four times before he actually died. Uh, but I live for stuff like that. It's like don't let the music and the setup give it away. Like, let us still be surprised in that moment. I don't want to anticipate what's going to happen. I want to sit and uh, recognize everything in real time, like the characters. And I think that that was one of the things that set me uh, inside of it. And last thing that I'll say, and then we'll hand it to Brian, the fact that, sorry, Miss Jackson came up at the beginning, but it wasn't even the outcast version. It was a version from a newer artist, SZA, but with the sample of the outcast. And I was like, I love that we are already saying so many times over in the first 10 minutes that we're melding all of these generations together. And the fact that you had this iconic outcast song, but it was actually sampled from another current artist was just genius. Loved it. Loved everything. Mm-hmm. Ryan. It's a really poignant observation. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Um, 
Uh, scream five slaps. Sorry, scream five stabs. <laughs> Grandpa. Um, yeah, I heard them say that on another podcast. No, uh, I think that. Man, I haven't seen it. I've never seen a scream movie in movie theaters. Probably. Um, this was a great experience. What made elev- I hate talking in movie theaters i hate it uh but jamie and i talked like to each other no 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 it was awesome like the fact that like that's not how i watch whispering in his ear no i whispered first um i i just had there was no one sitting around us we 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 went to the movies during an eagles playoff game in philadelphia so nobody was outside it was everyone was inside watching and we were like in the movies enjoying scream five there was like there, it was, there was no one around us we could like do you think it's him do you think it's him it's like oh i think that's Stu's house like we would like it was such a fun engaging experience between the two of us i thought that the thematic elements that they chose to go to and the examples they were able to give just like made this so much more enjoyable. It's almost like they made this, excuse me, they made this movie and they brought the receipts like that whole time. Also this movie was like made a while ago and they're already listing ghostbusters, which just came out. So obviously the inside line of a ghostbusters would happen in that movie. And so Mm -hmm. like, and the star Wars stuff and I, I don't. I didn't feel like they were talking directly to me when it came to Scream, but I definitely felt they were talking to me when it came to some of those other things that they totally um, that they that they read off. Um, yeah, I just like really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it for both the scenes that made no sense, i.e., uh, she started driving to the hospital in broad daylight, and then she gets to the hospital and it's like midnight. <laughs> yes. That makes no sense. There's no way her cell phone worked in an ele- hospital elevator. There's no way. Like, you know, like stuff like that. But I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Jamie and I called one of the murderers, not the other one. We thought it was going to be, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Richie. Richie, sorry, I think of the boys. Um, yes. Richie, and we we really, 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 really thought it was going to be a surprise too. Um, mm. But like, but I, I like how they did it because of their. If they didn't have as good of a reasoning at the end of the movie for it to be the two of them, and it wasn't Stu, I would have been disappointed. But I wasn't. I was very into what they were trying to say. Um, but this movie answers. The question that I wanted it to answer the most. I am shocked that it answered it. I am pleased that it answered it. I can't believe that they did it. And I don't care if you prove me wrong. This is what I'm going with. Uh, Sydney's husband's name is Mark. And Detective Mark Kincaid is the cop in the third one who shows up at the end in their house in the sling. There's no way she didn't marry Patrick Dempsey. I know they don't mention him in the fourth one, but that's okay because maybe they broke up and got back together again. Or maybe she just doesn't talk about her relationships because she doesn't want fucking murderers to kill them. But she 100% married Patrick Dempsey's Detective Mark Kincaid. I don't know why he didn't come with her because he's a cop. I don't understand understand that relationship but like yeah i guess i watch the kids i guess i don't know sydney's other aunt that they'll introduce randomly but like (laughs) i couldn't tell you how excited i was when like dewey asked how is mark and the kids or whatever it is i was like no 
fucking way. Let's go scream. It was great. I was so hoping you didn't pick up on that. And I was going to get to tell you that on this podcast. <laughs> oh, that like, honestly, the movie could have been terrible. That was all I wanted. But that's I, what you literally, I, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what you oh, needed to hear. I, that's I mean, that's, that's part of what, like, what made me love this so much is like all the fan service. I actually have a list of mm-hmm. things that are fan yes. service. Do you want to hear them now? Do it. Do it. Yes. Yes. So red right hand playing in the car, obviously. When we first see Doofy, Tatum's ashes are on the mantle. His sister from the first one. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. It's been like a big, like sticking point in the Scream fan world, which I am a part of, (laughs) um, that he never (laughs) talks about his dead sister. Like, why the fuck wouldn't you talk about your sister who was killed? And like, this comes up again and again and again. You get attacked again and again and again. Like, you never talk Mm -hmm. about your sister who was murdered. Yeah. He's got her ashes. Um, I have Detective Mark Mm -hmm. Kincaid, obviously. Um, yeah, I have and the last one, yeah, the <laughs> last one is when <laughs> Richie is watching the uh, like YouTube review of Stab Eight in the hospital. There's a suggested for you thumbnail right next to it of like you might be interested in, and it says. Woodsboro Survivor, and it is a picture of Kirby. Kirby. Hayden Panettiere from Four. <gasps> no! Oh! Mm-hmm. That, oh my god. Oh my god. I have crazy goosebumps. <laughs> she's the what? best part of Four. I know. I, I, I want them to write her back into the chain. Yes. Oh my god. But I guess she was like the Randy kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and the Randys, the, if we say the Randys, they typically last fairly long with the exception of Randy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did two <laughs> yeah. with a cameo in three, but post posthumously. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love that his sister came back. Loved that. Yes. That was great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. The memorial <laughs> of Randy oh over the fireplace, God. the huge picture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Also, oh my gosh. Randy would not approve of the TV off to the side of the couch as a yeah. but I but you know just saying. <laughs> you got to know if you're intel that much you need to make sure everything <laughs> is feng shui in the way it needs to so ghostface doesn't get at you. Uh but I do want to piggyback off of what Brian was saying with the ending because I do want to have the conversation about do we think that the fandom aspect is a good enough motive for killing your friends and family. Because as far as like human behavior is concerned, if I, I, I don't know the, the world of super fandom. So this could be just me not understanding the world. But when that was revealed, if that was the motive of why they were doing the things that kind of lost me a little bit because I was hoping that it would have something to do with, I mean, I would take an extended cousin from another mother's side of whoever whatever relationship because everything was so relationship based in everything as opposed to no we just wanted to make a better stab movie because we didn't like four but again maybe maddie you can answer this because you talked about how people were upset at four and they wanted it to uh, you know be 
something different than what it was. So do you, I mean, for anyone, do you think that that motive was, was good enough? No, I don't. <laughs> Short <Okay>. answer. <laughs> um, uh, similar to four, I think it's a pretty weak reason to like murder everyone, you know, um, but yeah. <laughs> I get why they use it in this like they did in four, because it is a social commentary on filmmaking today. Like I find mm. that fans are never satisfied. They like die for like the next star Wars movie. Like everyone's obsessed. Like I can't wait for it. And then as soon as it comes out, everyone shits all over it. They hate it. It's the worst thing. This isn't like the originals. It isn't like this. It isn't that it, nothing is good enough. Fans are never mm. satisfied these days. And I think that, the whole movie was trying to like push that button and like make fun of the fan. But also it was made by two scream super fans. So they are also pushing their own buttons. So like it is, it is meta around in that way too. You know, Mm. Um, this was like a love letter from a fan to the fans being like, we have to stop being the worst. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a, that's a great point, uh, to say that. But, and even in relation to four, one of my notes was that like, I can get by the motor for four more because of Jill's relationship with Sydney Mm -hmm. and the fact that she, that connection there was that she just, because Sydney went through all this, like, and now she had fame or could have fame, like now Jill wanted it. And this one, it's like, yes, the commentary on, you know, the fans and how they can change things. And I mean, which is true. There's been a lot of things like with different movies where the fans were outraged about something and they changed it. I mean, like, let's look at uh, Aladdin with Will Smith and everyone talking about like him, his character uh, as the genie. Is he going to be blue? Is he not going to be blue? Like, what is the whole thing? And that was like a whole thing before that yeah, even came I mean- out the Sonic trailer where they changed the entire design of Sonic. And honestly, (laughs) all of rise of Skywalker is a response to fan criticism of the second one. No question. So Mm -hmm. like I pose this to Jamie, like, did you believe it knowing like knowing what the fan toxicity is like potentially online and things like that? I mean, I think that you can have like a toxic fandom, but not, be murdering. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I play video games. It's full of toxic fandom Mm -hmm. and I don't think a lot of them are murdering. So, (laughs) but like I do, I mean, yes, this is like taking it to the extreme, but I think that like the toxic fandom can have a huge influence on, on, on text and on, on these things that like we care, like people just care so much. Mm -hmm. And, and like, ultimately, what is it about? Is it actually like, there's the piece where it's like, is it about, is it about the, the content that we care about? Or is it about like money? Like we live in this capitalist society. So like, you know, these people are so invested they, the, the people making all these things, like a lot of times see dollar signs. And I think like, you know, not wanting to upset this, like it's, it's like 
you know, like pitchforks and torches out there. Reminds me of like Beauty and the Beast and the townspeople trying to kill the beast. It's it's really yeah. intense. Um, and I I I imagine that like that like it's it's kind of scary. It's like it's just so it's it's just way more intense and like full of vitriol than I think it has like ever really been in in like the the history of media maybe I I can't think of any other times like in in the past where like the the people like taking in the content have had such an influence over how the content is being created or like what they want out of the content absolutely um, in the ways that like we see it happening now. And like, I think social media also plays a huge role in that too. Yeah, yeah. You see like the hashtags, like people like get behind these things or the, um, uh, Oh, now I can't remember the name of it. Those, um, whenever the, like the petitions, like the online oh, petitions yeah, yeah. that people sign for things like yeah. those, those carry a lot of weight too. Like all of these ways where people like it's, it's, with these good intentions that these things exist to like bring people together and people can unite over like even in the movie, they come together over their shared love of, of these movies. But then mm-hmm. like people take it too far. Is it groupthink? Is it that like all of these people aren't based in reality? I don't know. But like these things were originally, there was such good intentions behind them then, then get used for these like, you know, nefarious purposes and, it's 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 scary uh, for nef- sure. Nefarious is an excellent word. A uh, hundred points to Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, well, Jamie, since we're getting into it, I mean, this wouldn't be a talking horror if we didn't have any pinpoints about mental health. We mentioned this, the brains, we mentioned this uh, before, but I just have one quick question and then I want you to dive headfirst into the tropes that you hate in this movie. (laughs) But (laughs) Sam in this, there is a short mentioning of her taking uh, antipsychotic medication. Mm -hmm. I just want to know, is that a thing? What is it supposed to do? And then please talk to us about the trope of not wanting to become like your parents, i.e. she does not want to become serial killer Billy Loomis and uh, just the trauma of or, or the I mean, is it irrational fear to not want to end up like uh, your father when you find out that that is who he was? Tell me all the things. But first off, antipsychotic medication, please. Yes. Yes. So antipsychotic medication is real. Woo. They got something right. Um, (laughs) antipsychotics reduce, they reduce the symptoms of like what we would call psych, they call them psychotic symptoms, but like Mm -hmm. hallucinations and delusions, um, are considered psychotic symptoms, um, where you are like responding to stimuli that aren't present or having thoughts that are not, uh, based in reality. And so antipsychotics, uh, reduce the, the, the symptoms, um, of, of, or just reduce hallucinations and delusions. It doesn't like stop it from happening wholeheartedly, but, um, but they, and, and like a lot of the ones that folks take these days are like ones that have been around for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and they can, they also have like some pretty intense side effects. So, um, as a, as a, uh, therapist nerd, I would have loved to know like, Oh, what are you taking? What's your whole like medication regimen? You got a whole like bunch of (laughs) stuff going on with what, what, how are they interacting? I'm so curious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is real. 
Um, however, I, I, I'm just so, I was just like talking about how much I hate this trope, like very recently, um, because yes. And I just, I, I'm not into the idea that like, just because one person in, in a family unit is presenting with a specific or any mental illness that it is like written in the stars that all offspring will now also carry this same mental illness forever and ever. Like it is, it is your destiny. He, he has a diagnosis of schizophrenia. So do you, I mean, like it's interesting too, because when we talked about in scream one, Billy Loomis, and we talked about him being a psychopath, or a sociopath. Now, now I'm getting them confused again. Um, yes. But someone should watch our TikTok where I explain the differences. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, they don't say like they're not saying anything about how he is having hallucinations. Um, I mean, maybe he is like delusional, like the idea that he's you know somehow in the end blaming like Sydney and her mom for causing all of this, for causing his his mom to leave him and, and not be present in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't get the sense that they're saying that um, he's like struggling with schizophrenia. Um, so it's interesting that like, that is how it's presenting in Sam. And, right. but like more so that she is, she's specifically afraid that she's going to end up being like a psychopath. And I guess like in some ways she, I mean, I, I I cannot say whether she is or isn't, but like, I I feel like just the fear that she has of that being real is is like a, you know, an indicator that that's not necessarily what's in store for her, which I appreciate. But like, mm-hmm. I just I don't like this idea that like, you know, mental illness is carried through generations in the way that it's often depicted in movies um not that like there isn't a genetic or biological component but it's just not it is not predetermined in the way that you often see in movies and it like grinds my gears so much um but yeah so that that just like really annoyed me yes so Jamie thank you for that explanation about (laughs) your tropes and it was just so interesting uh in in watching it and and seeing that because that is one thing and you did mention as far as like genetically how mental health can carry over but it's not a definitive thing is what you're saying it's not like you know right. you have it's like this, there's so. a, there might be a there might be an increased risk of you know experiencing some of these symptoms but that it's mm-hmm. not like you know if you have a your child gets a if you have B, right. your child gets B. Right. Um, and it's not always like the same thing. I Like it doesn't like equate in the same way. It's just like generally like, you know, if your family history, there is like some mental illness in your family history, then you might be at an increased risk. And mm-hmm. that's, and again, it's like, it could happen, but also could not happen. There's like so many other factors that can influence that too. Right. Uh, so yeah, uh, obviously the star, star, star of this is Sydney Prescott, and we've talked about her journey throughout the whole chain and how that works, and if we think it is believable, some of the decisions that she was making. 
And this is a question for both of you of how you felt about her journey. I know we mentioned a little bit about uh, the decision for Sydney to come back as far as it being Dewey being the main thing that leads her back. And he calls her, yes, and says, you know, this is happening. Don't come here. <laughs> and in that moment, she is like, okay, yeah, it is happening, but it's not about me. So I'm not going to come So I guess I'm asking, do you think that Dewey was a strong enough reason for her to enter back into the scene when it seemed like at first she was okay with not coming back because it does not concern her? (sighs) I mean, I don't know. It's just such a hard, it's so hard to know if, if that would really be, especially because like, it sounded like they haven't connected in so long when, when she did speak to him on the phone. Mm -hmm. It's like, is that really the thing that would bring her back? Um, and like semi-related, uh, in, uh, in four, they Mm -hmm. also made mention of her not being there for a while, I think. Cause that was yeah. the first time. Wasn't that like the first time she was back with the book signing? Yeah. Right. And um, he was like super hesitant about it. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And I, in one of the podcasts that I've been listening to, um, appa- I don't know if they cut this or if it was still in it, but apparently uh, like Sydney's dad is, is dead now. Like he's like not, mm here anymore and like in the original script of four there's like a comment about how she hasn't been back in town since her father died so like if that like she doesn't have any family anymore I mean she did but you know then they tried to kill her so that's not great um (laughs) but like (laughs) but like I I just have a hard time seeing this being the thing especially if if she already knows that some ghost face is back mm-hmm. and there's some murderer and inevitably it has something to do connected with her because Doofy dies anyway, it's like, why would you come back? Like he told yeah. you not to come back because Ghostface is back and then he dies. Like I just, even, and there's like the part of me that, that kind of gets it. Like mm-hmm. I think um, sometimes sometimes with folks who have experienced certain traumas, um, like there are people who want to like fully disengage and they're like, I never, like, I just keep me away from this person. I don't want to have anything to do with them. There's also some folks who like want to have the line of communication open, not because they necessarily want to talk to them, but it's like, it keeps them abreast of, of the risk that it then poses to them. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like, the gist, at least that's, that's what I am wanting to believe is Sydney's reason because she says like, I'm not going to sleep until like, I know that my family is not at risk. Right. Like she's, she's concerned about her family's well being and her family becoming a target because of her. And so like, I get the, the connection of like coming to verify that like this is all done with or like taking care of it her like in vigilante style like she's taking care of it herself but yeah. like that there's some yeah she's batman i literally um, thinking that so she is <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> but like that she 
it's like to confirm and like validate and verify that like this is over and done with because like yeah. she really won't be able to relax and like be able to move on with her life if she knows that this is continuing in some way because it's still ultimately connected back to her. Can she really like, you know, live her life if there's someone out there that's like murdering people that has some connection to her and like her origin story? Well, so that's yeah. like the part that I kind of get, but no, I'm also like, no. That. <laughs> right. I mean, I would agree with what, with what you're saying also because she was warning Sam that she can't just run away from it. Like they will follow her. They will get her until you actually like kill the source. And I think mm-hmm. it's probably the same. Like now that Dewey, who was a part of her circle, if they got him then they will come after her in whatever form. I mean, you know, they could try to find her again or whatever the case may be. So she's just like, I want to make sure that everyone around me is protected now because it's the, I mean, it's the same thing. You, she tried, if you, she tried to run away and still it got into her house and into all of her things. So it's just like, you got to go head first uh, to this. So yeah, I can, I can take that. I will agree with, with, that it might be a stretch of a stretchy stretch, but that would help me sleep at night <laughs> of her reading. <laughs> Go back to Murdersville. I don't know, Brian, do you feel, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, regardless if I think she would actually go back or not, that is probably one of the only things that would get her to come back. Yeah, um, for sure. And but now I'm curious if she went back for her dad's funeral, if he even listed, you know, uh, you know, but but also going back to Woodsboro for something when murders are not happening versus her knowing that murders were happening before she went there. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, th- that screenwriting wise, it's the only thing that would get her to go back. So I totally believe that in, in the in the course of the movie. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know if she would actually go back. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Or maybe, maybe as a, I don't know, maybe as a. Maybe she would want to protect those people or, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe because it all started with her. So she feels an obligation to like keep the, the city safe. Yeah. In the Batman. Know, Batman. <laughs> this, is, this is truly Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking with it. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, I don't have any other. Mental I, I have. Health I needs. have one more question for Jamie. At the yes, end of the movie. You know. Okay, sorry. Okay, then we can. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the movie, <laughs> Sam says to uh, Sydney, "Like, am I going to be okay?" And she says, "Eventually." Um, one. What did you think of that? Two. What did you think of? We we've talked about the progression of Sydney's PTSD throughout all of these movies. How do you think this movie kind of handled it, if they did at all? And how do you think her last comment uh, reflected what we've been talking about? Yeah, I I actually really liked that moment because I think it's like reinforcing another kind of theme that we've been talking about of like Sydney being the survivor and like the idea that you know, it takes time to work through and like, I mean, she's experienced just so much trauma and, you know, I I think that over time she's figured out 
she's both figured out effective ways to like cope and handle with what's happened and is happening to her. But also like, there's so many factors. Like she, she was a teen quote. She was a teenager quote when, when this all started. So like she was young, you know, child development theories, like her brain's not even fully formed yet. Like there's just so much going on. Um, and, and like, it's the first thing that's ever happened. That's like the, 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 what is not patient zero, but like origin zero point. I don't know. My words are scrambled eggs. Um, (laughs) and then, and then like, there's something I think also where, because it keeps happening that it's less like shocking and surprising to her that it, it continues. I feel like, like, not that she's expecting these things to constantly happen, sure. but I, I don't think that she is as surprised at this point that they keep happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and so I think that she's like had to learn ways to cope and handle it, which also in turn, it's like both that and time that have allowed her to, to get to a place where like, like this is the time where we're actually seeing her live her life. Yeah. She's married. She has kids. Like this is like the most of like her being able to just like be herself, I think, than we've ever seen her before. Mm-hmm. In in two, she I mean, in one, she's grieving the the death of her mom. In two, she's grieving like the death of all of her friends, the fact that she dated a murderer. Um, and then that she's, you know, being stalked all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like the trends keep continuing. And three, she's like fully isolated and just like steering clear of of everyone, but also trying to help other people because like maybe she's empowered to like actually kind of take back these experiences and hopefully use it to support others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In four, she's like has not like it's it's kind of on the periphery a bit. I mean, she's like there and kind of connected to her family, but it it still kind of seems disconnected because like she's, I mean, I think she's just like not as involved, like intentionally, like she's, you know, like trying to keep her, her distance, but like in a healthier way, I feel like. Um, And so like, I feel like we're, we're seeing this like fully formed person who has had these really intense traumatic experiences and has, there's also been more time as like we're going on too. So like we're seeing this person who's actually getting to, to not have that time be so interrupted as we've seen in the past where it's like high school, college, I forget when three takes place, but like, it's all just like a very short period of time where all of these things are happening to her, Uh but then it kind of, what? I just said, "Uh uh-huh. Oh, (laughs) but then it like gets spread out more and more. So I think in those, in those larger chunks of time, she actually can like be like live her life without fear, um, be a little bit, a little bit more comfortable, even if she's always ready. Right. Like she, Mm -hmm. she makes the comment, like I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. I always carry a gun or of course I have a gun. Um, like she, it's, it's normalized maybe, which like, isn't great, but also it's still kept her safe, right? Like she's still survived all of these circumstances because she's learned. And so like, I, I think that there is truth to what she's saying in, in time, not, I, I hate the, the, you know, time heals all wounds idiom, but yeah. like, I do think that time is such a significant factor in 
in working through really difficult and traumatic situations. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think she's also just like had the the space to work on herself and work on the skills that are are going to help her get through this. Right. That was a very long-winded answer. No, I loved it. No. <laughs> um, that's fascinating because like, I don't know, this like brings her story to at least her being able to give advice to somebody else made me feel like it brought her I guess like emotional journey to an end, whether or not we see her in other iterations of Scream, you know, uh, six or you know whatever the case may be. So that was super cool. Do y'all really think they're going to continue the thing? Yes, this movie made a ton of money, and Kevin Williams had already said they have ideas for Scream Six because he produced this. Yeah, I, I can see it. I was I was also thinking about like other similar franchises, and like I I don't know. I think that wait similar. I think what? the way that. Uh, so I'm so, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Other chains, yes. um, like other ones, like, uh, th- this is because of the podcast I was listening to and they were talking about like the final destination chain and mm-hmm. the, I know what you did last summer chain and, and how those kind of like, haven't had the same momentum, even though it's like all kind of the same general time period. And, right. and, and I, I just think that it's more like, I think that the, creativity behind like the meta is is like the core of what keeps these movies going and so like Mm. even though we only have sydney and gail left i think that there's all kinds of things that they could come up with with the meta i think that they can come up with all kinds of ways to like you know continue to take it further and further and again like it's starting to parallel reality in some ways so like who knows what the hell is going to happen in our future? Maybe a pandemic plays a role in the future screen movies. I don't know, but like he's already who knows wearing a what? mask. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's he's ahead of the curve. Um, yes, but yeah, I think like if that's if that's what it is at its core and like poking fun, I I think that you can poke fun at at so many different things and and keep it keep it going in really interesting ways. So I I for one will except Scream 6, 7, or this was not Scream 5. This was Scream 2022. So right. Scream 2023, 2024, and 2025, we're ready for you. I also love that it was called Scream because it's a requel. So, like, it was – it's that that in itself is meta. I lo- loved everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. there, there were eight stab movies, so there has to be at least eight Scream movies. You know, you got to keep keep it parallel. Yeah, got to keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. <laughs> All right, I have I have one question that is not as heavy as uh, hallucinations <laughs> and antipsychotic medication, but it is a little bit related. <laughs> and it is um, watching this movie. Do you think that what you're wearing when you die is your ghost outfit forever? Like Billy Loomis. <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I don't know. And it's so interesting, too, because, yes, we're seeing Billy Loomis in with his blood on the shirt mm-hmm. and all of the things. And it's just like, but we know that's not how she saw him. She never technically saw him. Except ever. that I think that she knows him through crime scene photographs, like TV specials, the movie. Yeah. She never actually ah. met him. I think that right. that's exactly right. why right. she sees him that way and not 
as like a regular person. It's also her greatest fear. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. I think that if we're taking it from a like a like a movie standpoint, like one hundred percent. If you get an axe in the head, like you're floating around with an axe Stuck in the head, no it. question. That's that's what happens to you. Um, if if you're being seen by somebody else in their own head, I love the idea that like you are manifesting your fears on that person. If it's like mm-hmm. something that's super traumatic, if it is something that is a loving memory, like you remember that person in your favorite dress that they in the wore. Best or the best possible light. Yeah, yeah, in the best light. But I, my favorite is when you see them in the best possible light and then they change to their death outfit. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like what happened, what, in, in Scream 3 when Jamie, I was sorry, not Jamie. Jamie, you were in Scream 3. Oh, <laughs> When uh, Sydney was seeing visions of her mom, mm-hmm. and wasn't she like in a nice little like dress? But then she was like evil. Mm, like, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. Okay, fantastic. I'm gonna just agree with what Brian said. I think that's a very uh, a very good point. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that. Jamie's nodding her head like, yeah, that's mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I am this. It's just such a good question. But yeah, I think very much it's like whatever you're. <laughs> yeah, my brain, my brain is is mush, but I I love that question. Thank you so much. Thank you for answering. Yeah, thank you for clapping for me. Uh, awesome. Well, do we want to get into uh, Rotten Tomatoes mm. and the and the ratings for this, Brian? Sure. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. <laughs> Uh, what do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? Maddie, you can go first. I'm going to give it a high one, I think. I bet this is doing well. I bet it's high. Uh, I bet it is an... I'm going to do a straight 90. Interesting. Mm. Oh. I was going to... Oh, no. Oh, go ahead, Jamie. No, Sorry. Anyone. Anyone. Yeah. Nikisha, you go. Uh, uh, given the Rotten Tomatoes for the other Scream movies... I'm going to score this lower, not based on my own personal thing, but just based on trend, and say 75. Mm. That was close to what I was going to say. I'm saying 78. <laughs> Nikisha nailed it 75. Whoa. I was Whoa. <laughs> well, that yeah, was awesome. this is now the highest rank. Wait, wait, no. There was one that got an 80, correct? I think yeah, Scream, I think one scream is 2 highest. is the highest ranked. Scream 2? I think it's Scream 2. Yeah, no, it's not Scream 1, which is really twist. crazy. That's uh, the Brian, real twist of the chain. Do you want to shout out those numbers? <laughs> right, it is. <laughs> uh, Brian, can you shout out those numbers again for all of them now? That we yeah, have Scream, Scream is 79%. The original Scream is 79%. Okay. Scream 2 is 81%, and that's the highest. Wow. Scream 3 is – oh, my, my search got messed up. Oh, no. Okay, Scream 2. Let's go with Scream uh, – Scream 3 is 41%. Yeah. And then Scream 4 ends up being 61%. So it goes, it's Scream 2 is the highest. Hmm. Weird. 
fascinating. It is. Um, well, cool. Should we do the the four S's? Yes, let's do yes. it. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you know what? Before we get to the four S's, where does five fit in to your rankings? Mm. I think that I feel like this is way more important. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I think I uh. would slot five right. I'm gonna. I'm actually. I think I might put it right in front of three. It might be one, two, five, three, four. Okay. Hmm. Nice. It was really fun. Uh, I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm also going to make it number three on my list. So it'll be one, four, five, two, three for me. Okay. Jamie. I, now I'm like really torn because <laughs> I, I don't know. I, there's a part of me. I'm like looking at these numbers like they're going to tell me something different. <laughs> I, I, I feel, I don't know. There's a part of me that I think I'm going to do one, four, two, five, three. It feels weird to put five before two. So I'm going to switch where Nikisha had it. Beauty. Uh, I'm going to do one, four, five, two, three. And that's only because this is new. I'm still absorbing it. It answered the most important question I had. But, like, <laughs> I don't know how – like, I'm – like, uh, I look forward to Matt's rewatch the next time because, like, he'll have, like, absorbed it. And, like, you know, and, like, uh, like and where will it fall then? Like, in a year when they announce, you know, Scream 6, like, will I think fondly on Scream 5? Will I be like, you know what? The one I actually want to rewatch is, you know, 2 or – like – I feel like these movies shift in time. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm going to put it a little bit further back than I may. Like, I, I thought about putting this as one, five, four, but just because mm-hmm. I need to give it some more air to breathe, I'm going to pop it in the, in that spot. I think you're right. I think mm-hmm. that it will shift in time for me. Back yeah. or forward? I think it'll probably shift back. I think I'll end up liking three more in the future. <laughs> your marathon days based on your list get progressively worse as the day goes on. <laughs> True. And it gets progressively drunker as the day goes on too, which helps. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. All right. Should we do yes. the four S's? Yes. 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 Okay. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> For those of you who have never tuned in before or you just forgot from last week, um, the four S's are um, skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Uh, skulls is how well does it handle mental health, human behavior. Scare, um, scares is how scary was it. Um, shakes is how much will it stay with you. And then uh, suggestions is uh, – suggestion. Actually, it says it ran the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll start with uh, uh, Maddie. Yeah. You want me to go all the way through or one per round? Yeah, go, go all the way through. You can go all the way through. Yeah. All right. So, skulls is how well it deals with human behavior. I think I am going to put it at like a. I'm going to go straight in the middle with a five. I'm not totally convinced Sydney Prescott would not stay away. If I were her, I'd be like, yeah, I'm really sorry, but you understand. This doesn't involve me, and I'm not going to insert myself. So I, I feel like that's a a weird place. 
I know they had to put her in it, but you know, and like with the, the hallucinations and things like that, it's just wasn't buying all of it in the motive. Um, next one is scares. Did you jump? Did you, did, you, did you pee yourself? Um, I'm also, I'm going to put this one a little bit higher. I'm going to give it a six. Um, it didn't make me jump. It's very rare that a horror movie scares me these days. Very rare. Um, okay. This one did make For me sure. cringe. Uh, when uh, Deputy Judy's son, Wes, gets like the slow knife in the neck, I really like recoiled for the whole like minute that it happened. Um, and so there are a few moments like that. Yes. Um, and so related to that, I think it will stick with me for a little bit longer, at least those moments. Um, so for shakes, I, I'm going to give it like an eight because th- it was, there were some gruesome nice. moments that I st- are still stuck in my brain. And, uh, for a suggestion, yes. my suggestion is kind of a weird one. Um, other than like doing a Wes Craven <laughs> deep dive or all the references and all of these movies, you could mm-hmm. watch a thousand horror movies that they talk about. I will suggest that you watch, I have it pulled up right here. Um, it is Dawson's Creek season one, episode 11, The Scare. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Written absolutely. by Kelly Williamson. Wow. It like pokes fun wow. at, I know you did last summer, Friday the 13th, obviously Scream, which he wrote. It, it is really silly. And uh, it is in this movie. Mm-hmm. All right, Jamie, what are your four S's? What are your rankings? So for Skulls, I think I'm going to give it – I'm just like sitting with an – she just wouldn't come back. So I, I think I'm going to give it like a like a 4.5 maybe. Um, I think that like the Sydney and the Gale that we're seeing – this was like by far Gale's – Gail's best. Courtney Cox, like, I think really did a great job in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that scene between her and Doofy, like, that, like, kind of almost got me. Like, I was really, it's just, like, knowing the parallels to real life, how they're really divorced. And, like, there was so much, like, intensity behind that scene. And because they only have that one scene together. So, like, you know it's going to be a doozy. Um, a doofy? <laughs> it's going to be a doozy. I think that was uh, in an interview, Courtney Cox said that was, or David Arquette said that was the first scene that they had together. And really? it was like really emotional anyway. So it was easy to get to that spot because sure. it was, everything was just, you know, coming back to them like in that present moment. So he was like, I was really like very teary eyed actually doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I believe it. Like it was, it was really good. Um, but yeah, like I just don't see Sydney coming back. I don't, um, I don't know. Now I'm going lower. I think it's a four. Okay. <laughs> scares? Um, <laughs> um, I did get jump scared. I don't know. I screamed, I think out loud. Yeah. Just one, uh, just one. Slow. I was just, just, yeah, not five times. Um, I don't even remember which thing got me. It wasn't the prolonged waiting for, uh, 
Juvie's son to get murdered. It was something else. It was in, the, it was in um, Stu's house at the end um, <laughs> when the killer jumped out. Um, when when he's when she finds uh, what's his name again? Richie in the closet, and then mm-hmm. the other ghost jumps out at her. That's when you jump. Oh, okay. Um, so I'll give it like a 2.5. I think like it's definitely a very different experience seeing these movies in theaters. And I, I, you know, I know we've been going to the movies, but I feel like we haven't, we haven't really seen a scary movie in a while that Mm -hmm. has a lot of tension. Um, so I think that that made for a scarier experience. Plus the, the IMAX, whatever theater prime, um, you could like, yeah, it was like vibrating behind me at one point and it was really freaking me out. Mm. Um, I don't remember what like sound was happening in the movie, but it was like tension, like the phone would ring and then like the chair was vibrating and I was like, oh, I <laughs> I don't want to feel like I'm in the movie. That's not that's not what I came here for. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, and then shakes, shakies. Um I think I'll give this like a three. I'm I'm definitely going to like kind of unpack it a little bit more in my brain about like where it stands in the franchise, where I think the franchise is. Um, Again, have been listening to podcasts about it. Um, So I'm, I think it'll stick around for at least a little bit. Cool. And what's your suggestion? Um, So I don't, have a movie suggestion. However, I know I, I have been mentioning podcasts upon podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So that is actually going to be my recommendation. Um, so Horror Queers, which is one of the Bloody Disgusting podcasts, mm. um, they so I've been listening to their Scream 4 recap because they did it after we covered Scream 4 and it was really interesting. They did it. It's a two-parter episode and the first part, they actually talk about all of the the original script, like the Kevin Williamson script and the differences between what made it into the movie, which is like fascinating. Mm. But also, and I haven't actually listened to it yet, they did uh, an inter- they released an episode, which is an interview with Kevin Williamson, who supposedly will answer all of the questions that we've had about the entire chain. So, um, wow. I, I, I like this podcast a lot. Um, and I, I've really enjoyed their, their coverage on, um, the latest scream. So, um, that is my recommendation. Cool. Nikisha, what is your, uh, skulls? Okay, for the mental health, at first I gave it a five just for them mentioning certain things and traumas and, you know, sometimes horror movies don't have to do that. So it's nice when they do recognize uh, such things. As I, But then the whole, like, Sydney coming back, I don't know. I'll keep it a five. I'll keep it okay. a five for schools. Cool. Um, Scares, I'm going to give it a four, and it's mostly because of the bloody gore that was happening that I appreciated, Um, especially with Dewey's death, Doofy's death, and the uh, knife going up the spine. And that that did it for me. Um, As far as shakes, I'm going to give it a five only because I – I saw the movie 
today as we are recording this podcast. Mm. And the feelings of nostalgia just like overwhelmed me at the beginning. And I was just like, wow, I really enjoy this chain and I feel like this is going to be a good ride. And so I think it'll stick with me just because of the nostalgia of it all. And there's a lot of good um, actors in here that I enjoy from other things that will make me remember this movie. Although I just can't Hmm. believe that we forgot about Kirby, about Hayden Penitent. I know. (laughs) Because she was amazing. But anyway. Great Mm -hmm. news. Uh, (laughs) Suggestions. I'm going to, I didn't have a suggestion about this either because it's like, what can you do after mm-hmm. Scream 5 like what would come in this two pack uh, but I will take <laughs> a note from Maddie and his uh, suggestions and there is a Boy Meets World episode oh yeah good one that copies this I need to find it's either in I think it's uh, what they're still in high school so it has to be season 5 I want to say and I think it's called wow. The fact that you did that was wildly impressive. Well, I okay, that's just because five, six, and seven are my favorite. And I know that five is their senior year in high school, six is when they're in college, and seven is they're still in college, but they're about to like go into okay. life. I just looked it up. It's called And Then There Was Sean. I literally was about to say it. Yes, and then there was Sean. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> episode 17 of season five. Yes. Woo! Yes. I just remember like them running around the high school. So I was like, okay, they were still in high school. So it and has to be Jennifer Love five. Hewitt's in that episode. As Jennifer Love Pfeffer, Pfeffer something. Pfefferman. Like, oh my Pfefferman. God. Yeah, I can't yeah, believe yeah. you know all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say I have DVDs of season five, six, and seven, but I do. Uh, it's also <sighs> on Amazon Prime for free. You can watch all of Women's World and Disney Plus now. So. Uh, yes, I'm going to suggest, and then there was Sean from Boy Meets World. Awesome. Uh, I am going to go, um, Skulls of Five for the same reasons that you all gave. Uh, I'm going to go with Scares at a four, uh, because, uh, Ghostface breaking her leg in that first scene really got me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, You like squirmed in the seat. Yeah, Um, Shakes, I'm going to give it a five, uh, because, uh. Yeah, because I'm still I'm still mulling it over. I'm still feeling it out. Um, <clears throat> this is a really solid entry, but I'm still feeling it out. And then suggestions. Now I just want to do like a TV thing, like you all did. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I've I've never watched the Scream TV show. Maybe I'll give it a whirl. I don't know. You should. Season one is pretty spectacular. It's a good. It's a good one. There's also I Know What You Did Last Summer TV series. Yeah, I heard that wasn't as good. Okay. Well, then I won't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just because you said it. Uh, Awesome. Well, I think that is it. Thank you guys very much. Uh, This has been an absolute pleasure. I love being here with you, and I love that you are willing to have me. Um, If you are interested in some cute and spooky art, uh, I'm an illustrator. You should follow me on Instagram. It is Hallow Woods at Hallow, Hallow like Halloween and Woods like the trees. Um, and my website is uh, MatthewWoodsArt.com. 
can sign up for my mailing list. I do all sorts of fun, spooky Halloween-y things. Well, we look forward to you being our second returning guest. <laughs> Same. Scream 6. Thank you so much, Maddie. Thank you so much for, uh, <laughs> for rocking with us. And uh, yes, you guys check out his art because it's quite phenomenal. Still loving my calendar that is up in my room. It's Halloween calendar with lots of uh, fun little dates of spooky things happening throughout year round to keep you, you guys spooky year round. So again, thanks to uh, Maddie Woods. Uh, again, follow him at Hollow Woods on the Instagrams for all of his amazing art. You can follow us at Talk Horror Pod, P-O-D, on the Instagram, the Twitters, and the TikToks, uh, where you can see some other content that we don't necessarily cover in our podcast on our TikTok. And Brian, where can they listen to us? You can find us wherever podcasts are listened to. That includes things like Stitcher. That includes things like Spotify. That includes things like Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. Hans, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's, you know, it's really, 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 really helpful um, when you do that so that other people can find us. There's a lot of horror podcasts out there. There's a lot of just like movie content in general. So anything you can do to help us bump it up is, is always appreciated. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for listening to us. And also, we didn't talk about this, but I just want to bring it up. The CGI'd Billy Loomis. RIP to him. That was a, a funny time for me seeing his beautifully <laughs> CGI'd face. Does anyone have an ending quote? Or Jamie, do you just want to scream five times? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> guys, we did it. We did it. This is it. We watched all the screams. <laughs> Until next time when we have six, seven, and eight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks for having us, Maddie. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you.